Hi guys and welcome to the Deb Talks podcast. You're listening to episode 3. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to episode 3 of the Deb Talks podcast. In today's podcast we are talking about asexuality. And asexuality isn't a topic that you hear about that much in the media. So it's something I wanted to bring to light today. And it's mostly because I have a friend and a colleague who recently announced via Facebook, of course, that he was asexual. And I'll admit, I didn't really know what that meant. And as time progressed, he's very good at educating people via Facebook. He would talk more and more about asexuality and what that was. And I really wanted to learn more from him because I didn't want to be that person anymore who didn't understand their friends. So I asked this amazing friend of mine, Christoph, to come onto the podcast and talk about asexuality and what it means to him. Christoph also knew someone else who was asexual and she was willing to come onto the podcast too. So I am eternally grateful to both Christoph and Sarah for spending their time with me and talking about asexuality and giving just a bit of an insight into their stories, their journeys and their realizations. So please enjoy. I hope this podcast is as educating for you as it was for me. And I definitely hope that there's a lot more education in the future around this topic. And that for those of you who perhaps realize that you're asexual, but you're not quite sure what that means, that you're then open to talking about that to the people that you love. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome Deb Talks podcast listeners. I have a really exciting episode for you guys. I'm here with Christoph and Sarah and today we are discussing and talking and hopefully educating people more about asexuality. So I want to thank you guys for being open to talking about this. Um, I know lots of people who are really open and then lots of people who are closed books and it's nice to find someone who is open to kind of educating. So uh, welcome. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. I'm glad. I'm happy you're here. So, you know, I am someone who is not very educated in this field. And I, Christoph, I've known you for a while and you're very opinionated <laughs> about this. And you introduced me to Sarah, who I believe is also fairly opinionated <laughs> about this subject. So I was like, awesome. I've got two people who I can ask questions because I don't want to be that person who doesn't get it and doesn't understand or ends up sounding like they're being disrespectful. So this, I mean, this is mainly the reason I do these podcasts is to educate myself and hopefully I educate other people as well. So I'm going to ask the first question, what is asexuality? And it can be very personal, your responses. So yeah, I don't know who wants to go first, but jump in. For me, asexuality is so many different things. It can be such a wide range, which I think we'll get into further as we go along. But for me, very simply, it's a disinterest in sex. There's so much more that is more important to me. And that's kind of the simple simple version. My my motto for asexuality for myself is deeper than dick. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's I love it. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Sorry, I need to write that down. Deeper <laughs> than dick. Okay. <laughs> I think that might be a new hashtag. <laughs> of course that's very like men focused, but yes. It works for my situation, my relationship. Okay, awesome. Sarah, what about you? What does it mean to you? Yeah, I think I am more go with the textbook definition 
but completely agree with what Christoph has said too, um, which for me is not experiencing sexual attraction. Okay. So um, for as long as I can remember when people were like, huh, that thing, I was like, yes, cool. Yeah. Um, and so that like not having sexual attraction as part of the way that I build relationships or interact with people, um, I think is something that's really shaped a lot of the relationships that I've had. Okay. Um, and for, I guess, maybe this is jumping ahead a bit, but I think for me, when I discovered the word asexual and learned that definition, I was like, oh, that's me. There's yes. no mm-hmm. maybe, maybe questioning. It was just like, that is a definition that applies to my life. Um, and so that's, yeah, I guess maybe that's why I refer to the textbook more so than Christoph's. Mm-hmm. Much more hashtagable. Okay. <laughs> I have used hashtag deeper than dick. Yeah, hashtag deeper than dick. (laughs) Awesome. Well, can I ask, um, if it's not too personal, to kind of tell us a bit about the time when you realized, and I mean, you have spoke about this, Sarah, when you realized that 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 was you. Um, Was it straightforward? Was it not? Maybe, Christoph, it wasn't for you straightforward. I mean, yeah, if you could, one of you want to start getting into kind of when you realized and how you realized and how that felt. For me, it was hell. Uh, when I was going through high school and, and exploring my sexual identity, the only words we really knew were gay, straight, and bi. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing else. So you chose one that fit. Yeah. So for me, I came out as bisexual when I was 15 because I was like, I don't know, people are kind of equal to me yeah. in a way. Um, and I stuck with that for a little while. And I was just exclusively dating men for quite a while. Um, but always still kind of interested in people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I never I never identified with or came out as gay in my whole life. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was probably 24 or so, 23, I, I heard of pansexual. And I was like, hmm. this is a little more accurate. So what does pansexual mean? Pansexual is basically sexual attraction to people. Is a, is a pretty okay. simple way of putting it. So yeah. wherever you are on the gender spectrum, it's like, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. It's not That's not an important factor to me. Okay. But that still didn't really fit for me. I hadn't heard of other things. And a year or two later, I'd identified as panromantic demisexual. <laughs> so that's a, that's a mouthful. I know it's <laughs> extremely complicated. But I was like, this makes so much sense to me. It's a stupid word that I don't even like. Yeah. I shouldn't say it's stupid because it, it's a real thing. But... Um, so if we go back to pansexual, it's sexual attraction to any, all genders. Mm-hmm. So panromantic is the romantic attraction to any and all genders. Okay. Um, and then demisexual, which I didn't realize at the time, is actually on the asexual spectrum. Oh. But essentially what it is, is um, sexual attraction and, and um, desire develops over time with a specific person, like with okay. a deeper connection. Okay. Um, and I, I'm not demisexual, so I may not be fully explaining that accurately, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of my understanding of it. And that seemed to fit for a while because, um, again, all people I I could see myself with romantically and then I still didn't really have the sexual desire. So that's where demisexual was like, I think that kind of works, but I had had sex. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, whatever. And then a couple of years later, so when I was about 26, a couple of years ago, I began exploring asexuality more in full and realizing, okay, this is a spectrum. A very wide, long spectrum. Um, And that makes a lot of sense. It began to explain everything that had happened in my life, really. Like, 
not wanting sex, being a late bloomer in that realm, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. And then how that actually affected me was kind of fucked up because I was like, okay, it's cool that I have this realization of what I am. Because like Sarah said, I was like, that makes so much sense. There was no more questioning, yeah, which was very nice. Um, but there was this part of you that felt really upset and broken and like, fuck, this is my reality now. Mm -hmm. I have to navigate life as a person who is asexual. Yeah. So I was in a relationship with somebody who's not asexual. So I had to come out to him and say, Hey, I actually don't want sex. Um, but yeah, it was really tricky thinking, Relationships in future, for instance, how am I going to navigate that? Yeah. How am I going to, am I going to have to come up to everybody before I meet them? Like just thought spiraling as I'm yeah. sure lots of people have experienced yeah. here. I can probably attest to that. Um, and that, that's kind of my journey on that side of, of, of discovering and how I felt about okay. it. Thank you. Thank you for no sharing. Problem. And Sarah, what about you? What was that kind of, oh, moment and when was it? Yeah. So I think similar to Kristoff, like Similar in terms of found the label was like, that's obviously me, mm-hmm. but also was like, that obviously being me is very different than the future that I had imagined for myself, which is based on like the fairy tales that I saw as a kid and yeah. every, or like many, most of the people in my life and the way the world worked, which is yeah. very, very focused on when, particularly, I think there's, like, a gendered piece of this. So as a cisgender woman, like, growing up with these expectations about what yeah. my family would look like. And as someone who loves kids, I always was like, yeah, of course I'll have kids in my life because women grow up to marry men, yeah. to have children. And that's what And I love children, so yeah. this is great. I'm really into this for the kids part of it. The, like, man, I guess. <laughs> was part of what I <laughs> thought had to happen. And I think for me, um, particularly through the end of high school and um, my undergraduate degree, I was really involved in Christian communities where mm-hmm. purity and virginity was really highly valued. And I think for me, that was like, that was different than all of the other places I was spending time. So I mm-hmm. found a lot of comfort in a community okay. where there wasn't all of this emphasis on sex. And in fact, the emphasis was like, don't have sex. And yeah. I was like, oh, check. I can follow yeah. that rule. <laughs> this is easy. Someone's valuing me for this rather than most of the other types of conversations mm-hmm. you have um, as an undergrad. Um, and I mean, I have really strong memories of of that first year of university, particularly coming home at Christmas break, being on the phone with a friend and just saying, it's so hard. I'm so different. I think that if I went back to campus wearing tighter clothes and being willing to have sex with anybody who looked at me, I would fit in more. And so for me, finding, I mean, first finding Christian community where not having sex was valued was Mm -hmm. really empowering. um, And that's no longer part of my life. Um, and then finding that label of asexual was also really empowering for sort of the same reason of, yeah. like, everyone is different. Some people place a lot of value on sex or yeah. are really um, navigating sexual attraction and sexual relationships all of the time. And some people aren't. And that mm-hmm. was the piece that I think had been missing in the version of the world that I had learned about up until that point. Um, but in sort of thinking about doing this recording today, I was reflecting a lot on the, uh, 
the thousands or millions of tears mm. that I cried yeah. from yeah. that first moment that I read that definition um, and knowing it was true for me and then talking to my best friend about it yeah. and how I felt leading up to talking to my best Ugh. friend about it <laughs> and then how I felt after talking to my best friend about it and then the, you know, many, many conversations and tears that yeah. have ensued between then and now, which was about five years ago. Okay, so that wasn't even that long ago when yeah. you think about it. And like where, um, the question to both of you, I guess, where did you come across that definition or, or who told you, where did you read? Well, what? I think being that I'm, I'm involved in gay men's health, mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, education going on in that realm and, and with community partners and really becoming aware of, of different, um, different terms um, different experiences, genders, sexualities, orientations, etc. Um, and then really just doing some research. Mm-hmm. So think okay. like looking up different types of sexualities or orientations. Um, yeah, doing quite a bunch of that and saying, okay, that kind of fits. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Sarah? Uh, for me, I was doing research. I um, did my research in gay men's health in school. So I was doing research and trying to better understand the gender spectrum and the sexuality spectrum and came across a blog um, that was written by a woman who identified as ace but told her experience of high school and at the end said, I'm an asexual person or I'm an ace person. And I so, like, the story was so exactly my life that Mm -hmm. for a minute I was convinced that some of my friends had, like, posted this blog on the internet, like, hoping I would find it to come to the realization that this was a label that worked for me. Um, And particularly so because one of my friends years before had suggested, like, oh, have you ever read anything about asexuality? Not, I think you might be ace or Mm -hmm. um, a more pointed way, but just, like, in the conversations about, like, Beluga whales are interesting. Asexuality yeah. is interesting. Um, and so, like, at the time, I was like, cool, yes, and never looked into it. And so, for me, like, just reading that experience, it was mm-hmm. so clearly um, me, but it was, like, somewhere in the internet. So. Okay, of course. I know. What would we do without the internet? Oh, God, really? We, really, what would we do? I have no idea. I mean, there was no internet when I – well, there was internet when I was at school, like, high school, but it was – we barely used it. And I mean – so uneducated so now yeah you can just look up these definitions you can read other people's stories Mm -hmm. and what I find interesting listening to both of you is Sarah you mentioned even though there was many tears after the fact it was almost empowering to find a label that you could relate to whereas Christoph was like fuck my life this is what I have to deal with so it's kind of interesting like why did you not feel empowered Christoph? Uh, So basically so like I said I never identified as gay but I've been Mm -hmm part of the gay community for years dating only men they like i often say i'm not gay but my boyfriend is <laughs> it's a thing that we i think Aww. a lot of us have heard before but it actually works in my situation so yeah. i'm not gay but my boyfriend is um and that with that comes a lot so in the gay community sex is such a huge part mm-hmm. at least that's the idea i mean i don't know if that's fully the case but um we are very sexualized beings. Yeah. Um, you can't go to a club or a bar without basically being sexually harassed mm-hmm. um, or having many advances. Um, you cannot date 
without the expectation of having sex. Like I've had people say, if I take you on a date, I expect to have sex. Really? And I'm just like, no, that's not happening. Like, wow. even titled piece of shit. Um, so there was a lot of worry around that. Like, what the hell is my life going to look like? Mm-hmm. Luckily, I was with somebody who we had already fallen in love. Yeah. And so then, I mean, I'll probably talk about this more as we go along, but exploring that side of the relationship. Um, yeah, so it was just really challenging to think of what my life would be like in the mm-hmm. gay community not wanting sex. Okay. Well, let's go into like the relationship dynamics because sure. I think that's really interesting that you were with someone mm-hmm. and then kind of made this, you know, this found this label that seemed more relatable to how you felt. Yeah. So how was that conversation with your partner? It was nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. He was the first person I came out to as ace, asexual. Mm-hmm. Um it was very yeah, it was very challenging. Like I knew that he was supportive of me. Yeah. I knew that our relationship was strong. But that didn't change the fact that this is a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Just as somebody who who we call allosexual or non-asexual, just as they for them it is natural to have sex. Mm-hmm. It is just as natural for me to not have sex. So it's putting two very different people together yeah and you can't really compromise like there are ways to make things work but it's hard to compromise in a situation where somebody definitely wants sex and somebody definitely does not want sex yeah um yeah it was hard but the support was there uh he was very reassuring Mm um and then it we you have to figure it out because you're not gonna fuck up your relationship or say this isn't going to happen just because sex. Yeah. I mean, some might, but they're probably not the person you want to be with. Exactly. If that's yeah. going to happen, if you're in love and they say, you're not going to put out, fuck you. Peace yeah. out. Um, so I feel very, very grateful, very lucky that I have such a supportive partner. And um, we've made it work so far. It's been awesome. a couple of years since then. Mm-hmm. So we're still going strong. Yeah, that's that's great. And like, did he suspect beforehand? Had he questioned you beforehand? He had some some suspicion. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a negative way to put it. But, I know I don't like that word, but, but you he, know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he had guessed. some some thoughts. Yeah, like why is he not so into it? Um, and this gets really complicated too. And I've spoken with him about this, so I have consent to talk about this, yeah. but. Tell he him is, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he has a disability, so this complicates things okay. massively for us because there's this idea that people with disabilities are asexual or they're just not viewed as sexy. Mm-hmm. So for me to tell him basically that I don't want to have sex with you or I don't want to have sex with you regularly, that was very hard for him to hear. Mm-hmm. And I, I recognize that. Um, yeah, that fucking sucked. Yeah. Because it, no matter how great we are in our relationship, that's a, that's that will be a strain probably yeah. forever. Um, but again, it's about navigating our unique relationship in our unique way because yeah. we're very unique people. And we, yeah, it's very tricky though. Mm-hmm. It's hard because my asexuality basically triggers him okay. growing up with a disability, mm-hmm. not being viewed as sexy or attractive or appealing. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's rough. 
Yeah. Yeah. The fact you're making it work is pretty amazing too. So it's hard not to when you love someone. I know. <laughs> I know. Hey, love trumps hate. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Sure does. What about you, Sarah? In terms of relationships, how have you managed to approach that conversation? Yeah. Uh, so I think for me, I haven't dated since finding the word asexual. Mm. And I think for me, like listening to that, I'm like a little like it's cool you make it work, I guess, mm-hmm. is maybe something. And I think when I first or like in my like initial sort of thinking about what it meant for me to be asexual is like my life would have been so much easier in terms of dating if I had this word earlier. Mm-hmm. So the relationship that I had most like most recently to well, it's the same relationship then and now, but like, the last person I dated, um, I was very clear, like, I'm not into these types of sex things, and I get, or, like, sex, really, um, and I get that that's important to you. Mm-hmm. It's not important to me, and these are my boundaries, and you have the opportunity to respect those. And I had more than one conversation where I said, if this is important to you and you need this in our relationship, I understand if you want to break up with me, mm-hmm. but that needs to be your decision because from my perspective, I'm expressing my needs and my wants and you are an adult yeah. and you can do the same yeah. and back. And and for us, it was, those boundaries weren't respected. Um, and I think having the word asexuality mm-hmm. maybe would have helped it feel like a real thing okay. versus like he has the unfortunate situation of dating the one girl in the world who doesn't want sex, which is, I think, really how he experienced that. And then Mm -hmm. I also think, like, similar to what Christoph was saying about his partner, I think the person I was dating had, um, like, felt insecure about Mm -hmm. feeling sexual. And so then for me to be like, this is a thing with all people, including you— triggered that so it's it's like the grass is always greener in some ways and I'm not sure that that label would have saved our relationship and I also am happy to not be involved or connected to that person anymore yeah (laughs) Um, but at the same time I think that label earlier on would have probably prevented us from dating Mm -hmm. as long as we did um yeah but it's always like the what ifs of the past so it could have also helped yeah. to like explain it. Like it's yeah. so hard to explain how it feels as an asexual person. Yeah. But to be able to say this is an actual thing, like yeah. many people experience this. Um, that helps because then they can they can Google it, they can find yeah. some information, they can yeah. educate themselves and realize that it's not the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also that there's other like allosexual or non-ace partners of ace people, which I think mm-hmm. I mean in the moments where I was like you are a good person, this could have worked, I'm like, that maybe would have made a difference. Or even just to be like, yeah, I get it's real, and that's not going to work for me. Like, I was really prepared to hear that. And I think that's the piece that is hard, sort of thinking back on that. Um, And I haven't dated since, not because asexual people don't date, or because Hmm. that's the right way to be asexual. Um, But for me... I've got lots of things going on. I have lots of people that I love and care about deeply. And so don't, I'm not looking to add, add to the mix um, in that way. That would really be so different for me to navigate. So, yeah. Well, that's part of why this is so cool is because 
Sarah and I, like, we know each other. We're friends. But we've never chatted about asexuality before because do you talk about your sexuality with your friends every day? I know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> we're clearly in very different situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me being yeah. a man. Her being a woman. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I identify that way. Yes. Um, I have already identified that way so far. <laughs> and the fact that I'm in a relationship currently, yeah. Sarah is currently not. It's really interesting to see. Different situations. Yeah. yeah. But asexual in general, there's so many different. Like, this is just two yeah. little little ones. And then yeah. there are, like, millions of other experiences. And that's what's so cool, too. And by having these definitions and understandings is so helpful. Yeah. And, I mean, you've spoke earlier about the spectrum is mm-hmm. so wide. And I was, you know, doing a bit of reading and prep for this and, you know, realizing. And I guess, for me, because I'm a straight woman, wrapping my head around, you know, the difference between someone who's gay, someone who's bi, like they're pretty clear, but then someone who's asexual. Like I thought maybe you could be bi and asexual. Could you? Or yeah. is so yeah, that's it's like, can you be both? Or is it like I guess I don't want to get too strict around labels because I know labels can be stupid too. You know, yes. they're great, but they're helpful, they're helpful yeah. <laughs> but you don't want to, you know, get too stuck in them. So yeah, trying to wrap my head around like uh, the vast spectrum that there is. Yeah. So obviously what? I want to mention I'm not an expert on asexuality. Like yeah. <laughs> I have my own experience. Um, I can't speak for everyone. Yeah. But I think of sexuality orientation in two, two columns. Mm-hmm. So there's sexual attraction and then romantic attraction. Okay. And they're, they can, they're so all interchangeable. It can be all over the place. So I mentioned earlier that I previously identified as panromantic demisexual. Mm-hmm. Currently, I identify as asexual. So basically, don't experience sexual attraction or sexual desire. But I still have another component, which mm-hmm. I still I still kind of have that pan-romantic side yeah. where all people have a chance in my yeah. life, basically. So you have an, you can have an attraction to someone. For yeah. you, it could be, you know, it's not gender-specific as a person. I yeah. always remember you having your little pin that said, uh, hearts, not hearts, parts. Hearts, not parts. And yeah. I always okay. loved that. I know. <laughs> That's like the second best one next to deeper than dick. I know, I know. <laughs> hearts, like, not parts. Hashtag hearts, not it's parts. It's so relevant. <laughs> it um, is. Yeah. Anyways, that's not super relevant to this moment. But mm-hmm. um, So some people on the asexual spectrum identify as aromantic. Mm-hmm. So they actually don't experience romantic attraction. Ah, okay. And then again, that can they, somebody can be aromantic, not experiencing romantic attraction, but be heterosexual mm-hmm. or bisexual or okay. homosexual, gay. Yeah. Um, and so that basically they would just be interested in having sexual relationships and yeah. not developing deeper romantic connections. And that's a valid thing too. Yeah. Some asexual people are aromantic, not by definition. So like Sarah was saying, asexual people can and do date mm-hmm. and can fall in love and yeah. et cetera. Um, the other important part is that just because somebody is asexual doesn't mean that they never have sex or that they never mm-hmm. want to have sex or mm-hmm. they never enjoy sex. Mm-hmm. So even in that small part of asexuality, there's a huge spectrum so there's there's being completely repulsed by sex not wanting to have anything to do with it not wanting to see images of it etc 
all the way to the other end where people may actually thoroughly enjoy it sometimes, but they maybe just don't. It's like how I describe it for me. It's like some people, like I enjoy brushing my teeth. Like it feels good. Like your your teeth and your mouth are clean, but I'm not like, yeah, I really want to go brush my teeth. Like I'm so excited (laughs) right now. Um, (laughs) So like if I'm getting a blow job, like I'm not hating every moment, but I'm like, it's like, I and it's doing not something priority too. It's not priority in yeah. your relationship. Exactly. And yeah. 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 No, that's great. I, I love the, <laughs> the brush your teeth <laughs> definition. Yeah. And, you know, I was even curious about that too. Um, does Would someone who is asexual have sex? And I guess, you know, you mentioned, Sarah, you, I guess there's always the expectation as a woman that you're going to have kids. Is that something that you want? And then in that case, you know, you would have to unless there was artificial insemination. I guess there's lots of other ways to get pregnant. You don't really need to have sex these <laughs> 2017. days. <laughs> 2017 people, you know, we can get that turkey baster right out of you. <laughs> but if you did meet someone, you know, that you did romantically fall in love with, and then you did want kids, I guess you'd be willing to go there. But there'd have to be a, I'm, a get, I'm assuming a lot of conversation around it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know, I don't know a lot about how that's going to unfold in my life. Yeah. Um, and I don't have a plan around it. Okay. And I think, I think for me, one of the things, um, when I first started connecting with asexual community online, I was so intimidated by like, all of the different ways that people, like some people have like six or seven words to describe their sexual yeah. romantic attraction situation as it relates to identity and gender and yeah. many other things. And for me, I think maybe it's like the comfort of being like in a really wide umbrella and not needing to rush to one mm-hmm. specific mm-hmm. thing. Um, so I don't have any hard and fast rules of like, I would never date or yeah. I would never have sex. Um but I also think it's 2017, and there's lots of ways to get pregnant. Yeah. And, or have kids without getting pregnant. And more importantly, yeah. and I think unre- maybe related, maybe unrelated to being ace, is that I've felt for a while that having biological kids of my own isn't really important to me. Okay. Um, and I think the foster system and mm-hmm. adoption, all of those things are really awesome ways of yeah. building community and mm-hmm. um yeah, so we'll basically we'll see. Yeah, but sure. there's no hard and fast rule. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. So yeah. one thing you guys had mentioned that you didn't, or I guess you're annoyed by, is when people talk about your appearance, appearance, and what does someone who's asexual look like? Mm. Tell me why that is a big pet peeve of yours. I don't know. I feel like there's this idea that asexual people look a certain way, mm. or they're like by default unattractive mm-hmm. or by default they they wear baggy clothes because they want to hide their figure mm. or they won't wear makeup because they don't want to appear sexually desirable to somebody ah, or attractive okay. um and i just think that's silly because there are many reasons you may want to look nice yeah you know you want to go for a job interview or go to work and you just want to look nice yeah do it for yourself yeah, not like, someone else right do you want to be fit and healthy for the sake of being healthy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to the gym so I can look ripped and get all the sexual attention because that's not what I want. Yeah. In fact, I reject that yeah. intensely. Um, but I want to be healthy. I want to 
be attractive-ish, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. You want to feel good about still. yourself. Yeah, just because yeah. I don't want sex doesn't mean I want to be unattractive. Yeah. Although there are definitely times where I feel like I really wish I was yeah. because I don't want the sexual attention. Mm-hmm. But I guess you can't have both. No. <laughs> Uh-huh. And yeah, no I, matter what, you'll get sexual attention. No matter what you look like, no matter what you dress like, you're getting sexual attention. Yeah, sometimes in the weirdest places too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, see. No. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that like we clearly have in common in our narratives is, yeah. is sexual attention can be so. It can, for me, anyways, it can be like I'm having a great time. I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do, and and not like if someone says something that's based in my understanding of consent. But if it's like, I'm into this and I express I'm not into this, mm-hmm. it can be really difficult to go from that point to like enjoying the yeah. group of people again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, in my life, I spend most of my time in gay men's communities and that works super well because <laughs> gay men aren't attracted <laughs> to women. Um, and obviously there's bisexual folks and queer folks yeah. and pansexual folks within those communities. Um, but the vast majority of people that I spend time with on a regular basis aren't attracted to me, and it's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And what other pet peeves do you have or questions you get from people that you think are maybe slightly ridiculous? Hopefully I haven't asked any of those today. <laughs> well, I mean, I've had one person, just one person actually, mm-hmm. after aggressively sexually harassing me and, like, touching me inappropriately – and me, like, basically saying, you know, like, this was this was a pride thing. And I was wearing my asexual pin because I was like, it's pride. I'm, like, repping my asexuality. Yeah. And then I'm getting, like, hit on by this guy. Um, and after I had to basically tell him to fuck off, like, you were not invited to touch me. Yeah. I pointed to my pin and I was like, do you know what this is? And then he turned it into something else sexual. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, actually, I'm asexual. And his response was, no, you're not. Like, dude, who the fuck are you right? to tell me? And I, th- wow. I think he was maybe making an assumption based on my appearance. It goes back to what mm. you were just talking about, too. Yeah. It's like, because he is viewing me a certain way, whether that's sexually attractive, whatever, I don't know what he's thinking, mm-hmm. um, then he's assuming that I am a sexual person. Yeah. And there's so much to be said on that. It's the assumption, like, there's just, the default is people are sexual. Because yeah. the messaging in the world is... You're sexual. Everybody wants sex. Who doesn't want sex? Who doesn't like sex? Yeah. Well, there are actually a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but until we we know that this is a thing, that this is a label, and there's representation, we see people who are asexual represented in, in TV shows and movies and mm-hmm. everything. Because you never, I mean, I never you have never do. No. in a movie or a TV, unless, is there some one out there? No. I think there are some, like, kind of fringe ones. I think, okay. there's a, I think it's called... Bojack Horseman. I've never watched it. <gasps> yes. But I believe there's an asexual character. In yes. That. Todd, sorry, big yeah. shout out to Bojack Horseman, <laughs> one of my favorite TV shows, and season four is about to start. There is, and it's not actually until the end of season three yeah. when someone says to him, a girl who's kind of into him, a friend, you know, just asks him, and he's like, I don't know. And it ends that way so yeah. you don't really find out more about it so I'm actually hoping that they develop that storyline in season 4 they probably will because I think I if they went so. that far yeah um, but in this 
Riverdale show. Oh, I haven't seen that. So Jughead is actually asexual. Ah. Like he is supposed to be asexual. Mm -hmm. That's how he is in the comics, I guess. But they did not make him asexual in the show. Oh, is this the show that's based on, is it? On the Archie Archie comics. Archie comics, okay. Okay. Um, And the actor even was like fighting against it. He's like, no, like, let's make this real. Let's make Mm -hmm. this character asexual. So there's representation. And it was like, no, nobody wants to see that. Like, how boring is that? (sighs) So fuck it. (laughs) I know. Big in Hollywood. I'm sure there's probably a little bit of subtle representation, but also Mm -hmm. when people are not engaging in sexual or romantic relationships, it's harder to, like, that's like an almost an absence of rather than like presence of. Yeah. Yeah. And if they're not going to explicitly state it, then it's kind of being erased, which is the big problem with asexuality. Well, and I mean, I even feel like in 2017, I shouldn't have to be sitting here asking you about this right you know like i shouldn't be i shouldn't have to there should be representation out there but there's nothing and i mean you know i did some searches online and you find some websites and stuff but i still didn't feel like there was a lot no that's part of why i'm so open about it like honestly the last thing i wanted to do was come here and talk about it because i'm a fucking anxious person (laughs) but i'm like you know what i'm also not ashamed of anything Mm -hmm. in my life or who i am so why not put myself out there and say, you know, like, hey, I'm Ace. Yeah. Get some voices yeah. saying that. So the people who are questioning their sexuality or are just unsure or who are like, fuck, I don't really want sex or yeah. I don't want to be dating somebody, realizing that that's actually okay. Yeah. Like, there are people who really feel that and they're very grounded in that and aren't, aren't like questioning it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's an awesome point. So one question I have, I mean, I have lots of questions. But Can I just, yeah, jump in. Sorry, please. I just want to, there's peeves. three pet peeves. <laughs> oh, yes, pet peeves. Pet peeves. Let, let's continue. I just have three that immediately came to I my mind. I love pet peeves, so go for it. So I'll list them, and then we, if you want to ask, follow up. So one is about, you'll grow out of that. Uh, so oh. thinking about being like, you're not mature enough, you're not grown mm-hmm. up yet, and how we tie sex to maturity, I think, is something. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I think I, people think that I look young often, mm-hmm. so I think that there's a piece around that, that for me is really, doesn't work with, I identify yeah. this way, thanks for your opinion about what I'll like in the future. Yeah. So that's one. And um, another thing that often people's first reaction is, well, that's just about sexual trauma, you should really get some counseling. <sighs> Yeah, that's so I think a common one. That's wow. a pretty common one that, like all people, some asexual people have sexual trauma. Yeah. Some of us don't. And some people who still like and love sex have had sexual yeah. trauma, so there's no actual connection. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's, that's one that is so frustrating. And then the third piece, and Christoph touched on this in terms of there's some ace folks who are sexually repulsed, so don't want to see sex, don't mm-hmm. want to talk about sex. Um, and... I think that, like, while affirming that group of folks who are asexual, I also think that not all asexual folks don't want to talk about sex or think yeah. that all sex is bad. Um, and I think in my life, people have thought about me as a prude or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, I don't know, really, like, icky about sex. And I think that that, I mean, I work in sexual health. I've worked yeah. in sexual health for a decade. And I've talk about lots of things at my dinner table that my parents would maybe prefer that I not talk about at my dinner table. there's something about that. We're ace, and so, like, talking about sex is actually really... Yeah. I mean, if we're not sex repulsed anyways, 
Yeah. It's easy for us to talk about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just like, like, I don't think of it the same way you think about it. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I just talk about sex really casually. People are like, what did you just uh, say? Like, yeah. this person is the whole sexual person. It's like, no, like, I just think of it differently. So yeah, I can speak totally. of it without, like, getting a heart on. Yeah. yeah. Or getting embarrassed or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, uh, yeah, I was interested in the fact that both of us are sort of in roles like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, roles around sexual health. Mm-hmm. And I I don't have a problem talking about sex. And I think one of the things that I, that I really like about the organization that I work at is that, Sex positivity is one of our values, Mm -hmm. and we include specifically affirming folks who are choosing not to have sex, whether that's because um, we're ace or because we're young or because we aren't feeling it on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday morning or any (laughs) other time in our lives, regardless of our identities. And I think that's something that's not not shared in every person's definition of sex positivity. Um, Yeah, so I think there's, like, so... Ace people are people, and yeah. some of us have want to talk about sex, and some of us don't. Some of us yeah. have sexual trauma, some of us don't. Um, and so I think when people find out that I'm ace, or when people talk about asexuality in the world, including many of the podcasts I listened to yeah. before today, <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that really reinforce this idea that asexuality mm-hmm. is wrong or bad, or something that oh, can be wow. corrected either through canceling. Or in the, I think, worst situations through just exposure to sex. Um, yeah. And while folks, yeah, go ahead. So so I I am part of, like, some online groups on Facebook mm-hmm. on asexuality. I sent a thing out saying, like, I'm going to be doing this podcast in a while. Like, let me know your pet peeves, your, like, misconceptions, like, what you want people to know about asexuality. And um, th- there was that was part of it. It was um, this idea, and I can't speak on this personally, but mm-hmm. corrective rape. Yeah. Mm. Um, I like I said I haven't experienced that but I think that like you're kind of explaining that like that people think okay you just haven't had a good partner yeah. or you or haven't a had a good experience. experience Yeah, and it's like no like if like Debbie you are a heterosexual woman yeah. you knew before you had sex that you were sexually attracted to men probably yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to assume but I think that's typically how yeah. it goes Yeah. Um, so we as ace people don't need to experience sex to know yeah. That we don't want it. Yeah. So don't fucking try it. Yeah. <laughs> it's still rape. It's still sexual assault. And it's yeah. completely not okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one thing that's, I think, hard for me to navigate in asexual communities and in conversations about asexual people that asexual people aren't a part of is there's this, I think, ongoing conversation about what is rape and can mm-hmm. asexual people consent to sex. And for me, as someone who's spent a lot of time thinking about that um, and what those definitions mean in my own life. Um, I find it really hard when folks are like, this is or is not rape, or it is or is not rape when these things happen. Um, And I I think that there are lines that are important to explore, but um, often they're explored in ways that really do not line up with how I think about consent. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've seen that too, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well... Thank you oh, for sharing. No, <laughs> there were some great pet peeves. Um, yeah, and I thank you for reaching out to your communities as well to yeah, kind of, of find out. Because I know, you know, you have your experience. Sarah has, you have you, your experience. But I guess, you know, there's a ton of folks out there in different places in the spectrum. So it's great to kind of hear a bit about everyone's mm-hmm. experience as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to actually go back to maybe 
maybe when you didn't quite know what the label was, but you knew that you weren't sexually attracted to people. And kind of when you were going through probably one of the hardest times for most is high school. And you're learning about sex and, you know, you're reading magazines. I went to Catholic school, so they didn't talk about sex at all. Really, at school, I learned, you know, through stupid magazines and problem pages and magazines and stuff like that. And you have friends asking you questions. Like, how was that experience for you? Was it hard? Did you just kind of pretend that you're going along with it, you know, I guess when you have friends who lose their virginity at young ages and you're not quite doing it, so you don't, you know, they kind of deem you not part of the cool crowd, which is just ridiculous. But unfortunately, that's what happens at high school. Like, how was your high school experience? Mine was actually okay. Okay. Um, I had dated women in my earlier high school years. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really get sexual with them. And so I was like, and the term they used, I don't know if people use this anymore, but it was a freeze. So I was like a freeze. Oh, like I've never icy heard that. or frigid, like okay. not oh, I've putting heard out. Frigid. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, and so it's like, like these girls are just like they wanted sex, and I was, mm-hmm. I was like, just not into it. Like that was just normal for me. Like I was like, I want to be with somebody, and I want to fall in love with somebody, yeah. and then maybe sure. Um, but then with dating guys. Um, I only started dating guys near the end of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was engaging sexually because that was the expectation or what yeah. I thought was expected. And um, I did consent to that. And I take responsibility because, I mean, I didn't hate it. I didn't not want it. Like, I was exploring. Yeah. So for me, that was a huge part of learning my sexuality was exploring and, and having sex. Mm-hmm. Um fumbling through sex not yeah, really so having like successful like yeah. <laughs> great passionate amazing sex um so that was actually probably the hardest part is actually moving into my early adult years like mm. when I was starting university and um after that into my early 20s like being in relationships and um trying to have a successful and healthy sexual relationship with my partners yeah was just not really happening because I didn't have the, the desire they had um and just yeah, so there was a lot of a lot of exploration and like looking back, kind of uncomfortable situations where mm. I'm just like, if I had known, like I would have avoided that. Yeah. Not that I feel shitty that it happened because yeah. it happened and it really helped me to understand yeah. my current situation. But yeah, that was challenging. Okay. Mm, thank you yeah. for sharing. And what about you, Sarah? Yeah, for me in high school, it feels hard to sort of think back. I guess I haven't really thought about being asexual in high school mm-hmm. before this question. So bear me, bear with me That's as okay. I work through it right now. <laughs> um, I think for me, I was, I was definitely nerdy and I was super involved in lots of different things. And so I wasn't popular, but I was doing lots of things and mm-hmm. had lots of folks around me. And the, my best friend in high school didn't date through high school and I didn't either. So lots of the people. Okay. In elementary school and high school that I was friends with did date, but for, I don't really feel like in high school I ever had, like, conscious thoughts about dating or not dating, Um, and I enjoyed hanging out with, like, mixed groups of folks um, in high school, but more through university, like I Mm. I shared, like, first Mm -hmm. year was very difficult, Um, and I think 
again, having a label would have been like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't easy, but I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, I think would have really helped. And then I dated um, in second year and third? No, in first year. Oh, I did date in first year. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Memories. So I dated in first year, <laughs> briefly. Um, and I think once I found the word asexual, there was a memory from when we were dating where he was a Christian um, and I was, and still is, and I was involved in community at the time and we were like having a first makeout session and he was like oh my gosh we need to have rules before we go any further and I was like, dear god what is about to happen and he was like we can't touch anywhere that bathing suits go and I was like thank god we touch where a bathing suit was going what do you think is happening and at the time I think because one of the sometimes challenging things about Christian community is this idea that guys want sex and girls yeah role is to say no and so I think for me I was like oh I guess that's what people are talking about but once I found the word asexual it was like that maybe would have been like a a moment like some people might have had that moment and then been like oh clearly I'm asexual but for me I was just like why would you do that yeah (laughs) (laughs) so there was no touching wear bathing suits Baby. Where bathing suits go. Um, but that relationship also did not last very long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure I could date someone who has said that either. But I'm curious. I know you're not still involved with the Christ- Christian communities now. But um, if you have friends or, you know, still in touch with people who are, like, how they view asexuality? Is it even something that they talk about? Is it a conversation? Yeah. Um, so I dated a few people in the community mm-hmm. and stayed in touch with only one of those people. And then at some point he was like, it's weird you haven't dated anyone. Um, and, I mean, we were not super in touch, so it was a bit of an assumption, but we were catching up after a few years. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'm actually asexual. And I hadn't told sort of any of that group of friends. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like, it's weird that you're asking this question because we haven't been in touch for a while. Sort of weird, but cool. Could you just stop? Yeah. I'm asexual. And so we don't need to keep talking about this. Um, which then sort of got shared with a group of um, folks mm. that that we had all we had all sort of known each other through undergrad degrees. Um, and the reaction was like, I got an email that sort of said, I want to talk to you about something. Hmm. Um, We went and we're having this, like, whispered conversation um, at this friend's parents' house where it was sort of, the tone wasn't, we accept and affirm you and we're excited for you. The tone was like, are you having sex outside of wedlock? Do you think you're attracted to women? Um, And that's a bit of a like, very informed by Christian teachings around that. Yeah. Pathological. Yeah. Yeah, but it definitely wasn't. So it wasn't, like, I think the worst reactions that I've had, which Mm -hmm. are things like, you'll grow out of this. This isn't part of you. Um, And it very much came from a place of concern. But there's a few things about that situation that weren't great. A, someone talked about that with, like, a whole group of people. Yeah. Without ever giving me a heads up. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a thing about that. Um, Don't out somebody. Yeah, I know. It's their place only. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And then I think the piece of, like, you know, a group of them, like, having a conversation about how do we 
what do we say to Sarah? Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I'm grateful mm. that that conversation happened, and I think that there was a lot of learning. Um, and I still... At your expense, yeah. which is always the case. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I came back from that conversation and, like, sat on a porch with a friend and, like, cried again, mm. being like, yeah. you know, I don't have... I'm not very close with most of the people that I met before I was asexual. And I think in part because navigating this is hard, in yeah. part because I've been a part of Christian communities where now, you know, getting married to someone of the opposite sex with air quotes around that yes. and uh, having children is is a big focus. And again, yeah. something that I respect in terms of folks' choices and, and think that there's lots of value in that, but that's not the way that I'm, I'm living my life. So... Yeah. There's some tension there, and I think some things that I'm continuing to think through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it. I think more so in undergrad, and since then that it that I think being ace would have been helpful to know, or like was hard to navigate. Yeah. Um, but I think I was lucky in in high school and really avoiding sexualized spaces like the plague, and then mm. yeah, through university being like, oh yeah, great, I'll be a virgin in Christian community. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> As long as I don't get married, there'll be no expectations. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because I, at one point, and I grew up atheist, like there was no religion in our home mm-hmm. whatsoever, but there was a point in probably late high school, early adulthood where I was like, I want to be religious, like for no reason. I was just like, yeah. I want to like, I never did, but there was some like drive within me yeah. that like. And it was it was around purity because I was a virgin for quite a while too. Yeah. So I think there was something with purity, like not having pressure to have sex. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah finding I, a community where you almost kind of feel a bit more comfortable and yeah. at home to a certain extent because mm-hmm. you're not being pressured. Yeah, not being demonized yeah. for not having sex. Yeah. Like yeah. it being a normal thing. And like for better or for worse, like, Christian communities create a big deal around women not having sex. And I was like, I am winning. I, like, got the <laughs> in the bag. Someone give me a medal. these people. <laughs> and then, like, now I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing because I wasn't actually, you know, um, better at following the rules. That's just part yeah. of who I am. And yeah. so I think that there's, like, lots of interesting things about Christian spaces that both work and don't work, especially given that I have, like, a pretty feminist analysis yeah. of how sexual scripts around men wanting sex hmm. and women not wanting sex yeah. is not great for most relationships, regardless of the gender of folks yeah. that are in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and despite that being, you know, Hollywood's go-to, um, it, it puts a lot of pressure on men to act a certain way and a lot yes. of pressure on women to act a certain way. And, of course, doesn't make space for any folks who experience sexual attraction to folks who aren't an opposite yeah. gender, again, with air quotes, because gender is not a binary. Yeah, exactly. I know. Okay. Um, I kind of want to mention, because we were talking about religion and uh, Christianity, how celibacy is very different from asexuality. That's yeah, one, one that's of the things a really that, good point, actually. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that came up in asking the online asexual community mm-hmm. was celibacy is not asexuality. Mm-hmm. Celibacy is a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Celibacy is something you you decide to do for whatever reasons, which might be religious, um, or it might just be for some other reason. Who mm-hmm. knows? Whereas asexuality, it's like it's just the case. Like personally, I wish that I had sexual desire and sexual attraction. For I mean, we could get into that, yeah, but we don't yeah. need to. Um, so it's not a choice for me. It's not something that I want. 
I'm happy and content with it because yeah. this is totally just my experience and and I don't know what it's like to want or have sexual desire. But because of how the messaging works in the world, it almost feels like as if we do know how it feels, speaking for myself, of course, but it's like you see all these images and, and movies and TV shows about how people experience sexual desire. So you have kind of like an interesting lens to view that from mm-hmm. without actually feeling it. Yeah, I don't know if that is, is translating mm-hmm. very well, but having an idea of how it feels. Okay. Um, so then wanting that, like wanting to be yeah. a part of that, um, but knowing that I'm not going to be. Yeah. But then also that everything, everything goes from one place and just jumps to another. But asexual, like if you decide one day that, well, it wouldn't be a decision, but if you eventually over time start having more sex that's valid too mm-hmm. like you're yeah not, like you're not stuck in this yeah. this thing of i'm asexual now that's for the rest of my life i'm yeah. never gonna have sex like people might have lots of sex they might have some now and not for many years yeah but it's always fluid so not mm-hmm. not realizing or realizing that having this label of asexuality isn't like this Scarlet letter. Yeah. The like Scarlet this is who a. you are forever and ever and yeah. ever. Nothing will change. Yeah. No, because I I I have doubted my sexuality. I'm like, oh yeah. I've had sex, like I engage in these ways sometimes. Does that mm-hmm. mean I'm not asexual? But that's not true. Like yeah. how you feel is more important than how other people feel. Yeah. Or um what may happen in the future. So I realize that maybe in ten years I won't identify as asexual anymore. And yeah. That's okay too. Yeah. Who knows? And I mean, there must, and I could be completely clueless here because, you know, I, I am and you, thank you for you guys coming <laughs> in and educating me. But are there times when you're with your partner and you're like, yeah, let's have sex. I, I want it. Like, or maybe not, but I guess it depends on the spectrum. Could it depend on the day too? Or is it just fairly, are you generally just like, I don't want to go there? Pretty generally. It's like, I don't want to go okay. there. Um, but like there are times where it's usually when we're being more like intimate and romantic and mm-hmm. just like hanging out that that it kind of builds up to that. Mm-hmm. And it's it may not be what other people view as sex. Okay. So there's so many different ideas of what actually sex yeah. is. And we have mm-hmm. this idea that it's penetrative sex, whether it's anal or yeah. vaginal. And that's not the case. There's so many different types of sex. Yeah. Um, some that may not actually involve touching one another. Mm-hmm. So some people may prefer that. Or, yeah, just different ideas of what sex actually is and what works for individual people Mm -hmm. and relationships. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I feel like we could go on forever. I'd be happy to. Actually, because we probably should wrap up soon, but I want to give you guys the opportunity to see anything or if there's anything you had reached out to your online community that you want to bring up for them, like, go ahead. Um, I think Christoph has his notes. I just have to <laughs> say he has typed, no, I think a big typed thing out notes that we didn't is... get into is the different types of relationships on asexuality. Mm, okay. And I'll try to do this kind of quick, but um, I have this pamphlet here from <laughs> asexuality.org, which is a great resource on asexuality that awesome. I have consulted and my partners consulted. And so this specific pamphlet is asexuality and relationships with non-asexuals. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little more accessible for people who are like, shit, like, I'm dating an asexual. So specifically yeah. for my partner, when he found out I was ace, it's like, get some info on, yeah. on what the, this dynamic could look like. So, um, like, one thing it says here is, 
For asexuals who don't mind compromising on sex with their partner and are comfortable with it under certain conditions, they could compromise on the frequency excess or frequency of sex or the type of sexual activity. Um, or some non-ace partners may give up sex in the relationship. Um, monogamy is, of course, a relationship option. Mm -hmm. It's not the. It shouldn't be the default. Yeah. Um, but it typically is in the heteronormative society. Yeah. Um, there may be sexually open relationships, so you may have sexual relationships with other people outside of the relationship. Yeah. There can be so many different rules, parameters within that, that make it work for you. It's always important to know not to just, also not to assume that that's the default and just yeah. jump into that. Yeah. You need to be prepared for that. Yeah. Um, for myself personally, we've, it's very early in, in exploring this, but I've, I realized since I came out as ace, like if I'm going to be with somebody who's not ace, chances are there's going to have to be some exploration yeah. into what our relationship is going to look like. Yeah. Um, so because I view sex differently, I actually don't really feel a jealousy that somebody may feel if they are a sexual person mm -hmm. and their partner is, is desiring or seeking sex outside of the relationship. Okay. So, like I said before, where, where it's natural for sexual people, like my partner, to want or even need sex, it's natural for me to not mm -hmm. want or need it. So I have to respect that he yeah. wants. I don't have to, actually. I don't have to respect that he <laughs> wants and needs it. Um, because at that, if I didn't respect it, we just wouldn't be together. Exactly, yeah. You and still want a okay functioning too. relationship, especially if you're yeah. in love. Exactly. Right? So. Yeah comes down to what are you willing to do mm -hmm. to make this work? Um, so again, that could be just sexually open. It could be polyamorous where there are multiple mm -hmm. partners. There could be hierarchies to those polyamorous, polyamorous relationships where there's your primary partner, there's secondary partners. Okay. So there are very, there are a lot of different dynamics that are possible. Yeah. Um, I am very new to exploring a slightly adjacent monogamous relationship um so i can't speak on it too much but i know that these are out there and if you're yeah. curious about them i think you can easily look them up and find them polyamory or mm -hmm. non-monogamy yeah um open relationships they're pretty good options for people who are ace yeah. and you're and are dating a non-ace person yeah um so i think that's really important to mention Awesome. Yeah. And like, so you've got your flyer here with resources. What other resources do you find there is out there for the asexual community or, you know, someone who is dating someone asexual and needs, you know, some insight? Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> There's like nothing, I think. That's how I feel. Oh, it's like, yeah, this website, asexuality.org, I think is one of the biggest that yeah. like it's really the only that I am aware of other than maybe little blog posts or mm -hmm. certain little things. But I think this is a quite comprehensive resource and okay. I think it's a really good place to go. Yeah. yeah. But there needs to be more by yeah. the sounds of it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. such a hard thing to find yeah. info on, I think, if you're not really actively looking. Yeah. So it needs to just be more included, which is kind of a pet peeve because LGBTQIA, if we use that yeah. part. <laughs> you mentioned the A, Christoph. <laughs> yeah, so what is the A? A is not ally. Let's be clear. Allies are a very important part of our community, yes. But why would we be pushing out the asexual people mm -hmm. and bringing in the heterosexual people? 
They're yeah. a very important part to our, to the community, but not at the expense of asexual people. Okay. And some people in the LGBTQIA whatever community actually intentionally exclude asexual people. Really? They say, like, we're not oppressed enough or not oppressed in general, mm-hmm. which is like, this isn't a competition no. on, on who is more oppressed. Like, trust me, I don't want to be oppressed. Yeah. And sure, maybe in comparison to some other people who have something that may be a bit more visible than asexuality. Yeah. Sure, they're probably more oppressed than me. But we are all oppressed. Yeah. And like, don't kick us out. It feels like shit. Like, yeah. we're, not, we're not part of the hetero community. Just because, like, if I'm dating a woman, sure, that may look like a heterosexual mm-hmm. relationship, but it isn't. Yeah. And especially if I'm dating a man, like, I'm, I'm still part of the community. Yeah. Don't exclude us. Like, yeah. we want to be part of something. Yeah, that's <laughs> We already feel like we're, like, the tiniest minority. I that's know. Why I feel like that that... <laughs> it's like there needs to be more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there are a lot more. Mm-hmm. And that's, an impo- that's part of why, like, I like yeah. to speak out about it is because... There needs to be representation. People need to see that yeah. this is a thing. This is an option. And people need to explore it as an option if they're not enjoying sex. Yeah. Or if they're not desiring it or experiencing that sexual yeah. attraction, then just consider it. Yeah. I'm not trying to convert people. Yeah. But... No, no, no. But hey, someone might be out there thinking, I have never heard of this before. Yeah. But it, it like you, mm. Sarah, but it sounds like my life story that this person is talking about. And they just didn't know the the term that was used, right? Exactly. The label that was used. So, yeah, I think we are actually getting thrown out of the library. Okay. So <laughs> just mentioned VPL, how awesome their inspiration lab is that we're using. But yeah, so let's yes. wrap up, Sarah. Any last words, thoughts? Two things that mm-hmm. you we didn't get time to discuss today, but you should Google mm-hmm. on your own time. Um, one, I think there's a lot of conversation about are ace people queer do mm. ace people fit mm. in the LGBTQIA2S yeah. <laughs> community? Um, and I think for me, the f- the first time I came out um, to people that I didn't know, and they were like, oh, well, you're obviously queer. We are not really mm. sure about the asexual thing, but you definitely have queer politics and have been a queer mm. person. Um, and so that was also like a thing that I hadn't totally thought through yeah. and I think is a, a important conversation, but I think... I like umbrellas that are generous rather than restrictive. And yeah. um, for me, that's also uh, an experience that I've had. And then I think maybe I should have brought this up when we were talking about pet peeves around appearance. <laughs> but I think there's also a lot of conversations in asexual communities that are really important about whiteness in asexual communities and how asexuality looks really different mm-hmm. for people of color and, mm-hmm. and people who might be seen as less sexual because of um, skin color or um, wearing hijabs or other types of clothing that might be seen yeah. as less sexual and less desirous. So there's a, a few teasers for a future podcast or yeah. a future Google session. Yeah, I know. It, it seems like a huge topic. Like, it you is. know, we're, we just scratched the surface, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's so many different, you know, offshoots you could have. Um, so thank you for bringing all this to light. It was amazing. <laughs> it was definitely educational for me, someone who was, you know, relatively oblivious to the term until, you know, I saw Christoph post it on his <laughs> Facebook, which is where I learned He's a lot. super loud about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot from Christoph's Facebook post, which I'm entirely so grateful for. Um, yeah, so this was great. I really thank you both for coming on and talking about this and being so open and yeah thank you thank you so much you're welcome thank you you're welcome
thanks for listening to Deb Talks, the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to leave your comments below. Or hey, if you really enjoyed this podcast, then would love it if you could rate us highly on iTunes. If you have any questions or even topic ideas for a future episode, then you can email me at info at debtalkstv.com. You can always keep up with us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at DebTalksTV. And you can view our past video episodes on our website at DebTalksTV.com. We'll see you next time.